Welcome to the Reimagine Podcast, a podcast that seeks to reimagine faith and life in the community as we link, learn, and live together. I'm Greg English, along with Brad Hoffman and Brian Dupuy. Today, on episode 39, we're talking about reimagining how we learn before, during, and after COVID. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hey. Hello. Hey, it's learning day. Uh, learning day. Perfect. Yes. Favorite day of the year, learning day. Learning day, <laughs> yes. But before we get to that, those concepts of learning and how before, during, and after experiences, I'm learning right now that there is a percentage chance in the Richmond area that we will have a white Christmas. Come on. I'm not guaranteeing the percentage, but I'm, look, I, I, I'm looking ahead at the forecast. Depends on yeah. which app you're on. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so I pulled mine, and while it has a little rain in there, I do have snowflakes appearing on it. And I've heard anywhere, my people are telling me, anywhere between 12% and a 40% chance. I like it those all depends, odds. But it all depends in the Richmond, Virginia area where the snow line comes from. If it's coming out of the south, we, uh, get, true. we are getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that tech, from Texas, that cold front from Texas right on up, we, yeah. we, we get it. So yeah. of the 12 years living here, it was like the first eight years, maybe more than that. We had, I mean, we got snow every year, two or three times a year. And I do remember one white Christmas. I can't remember yeah. what year it was. It had to be um, two, three, four, maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, see, I don't remember that. I must have blocked Were that. you somewhere else? <laughs> well, we usually don't travel for Christmas. Yeah, we usually stay put. Yeah. I don't know. My wife desperately wants a white Christmas. It's been since her childhood that she's had snow on Christmas. So, but she's a Midwestern girl. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of like every day growing up. Yeah, 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 yeah. In in well, in Illinois, used to be before global warming. Uh, used to be, uh, <laughs> you, the snow would fall in in early November and uh, it would melt away until March or mm. something. <laughs> like I remember <laughs> seeing grass for the first time as it was melting and thinking, "Wow, look, there's the grass is back." <laughs> I mean, I remember that. Like yeah. uh, there were there were several seasons there growing up where it was just snow just all the time. Do you, Brown, dirty snow and then big piles in the parking lots. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty regular. Not yeah. anymore. I don't think that happens very much anymore. Are you longing for a white Christmas? I mean, so where are you in this percentage? You cheering for it? Yeah. You don't want it? You know, I like one good snow and then I'm I'm ready for spring and summer. So yeah, I'm ready. To, <laughs> I'd like to see it one time, and yeah. But my wife, like, she loves to get snowed in, and like, there's nothing else going on, and you just sit at home in your warm house watching the snow, and she loves that part. Yeah, I can handle that for a day, and, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, well, better go change the oil or something. Let me get outside here. Change yeah. the oil, kids. Yeah. Don't eat the dirty snow. Yeah, no, no, no yeah. yellow or brown snow, please, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. please. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, no. A white Christmas? No, 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 <laughs> no such thing. I mean, growing up in Florida, you <laughs> never a white Christmas. But uh, this I do year, remember twenty. <laughs> I do remember back in uh, like nineteen seventy six on January eighteenth. Mm. Uh, That's it very specific. Snow. Well, the reason I remember <laughs> is, is actually my grandmother's birthday, and yeah. so everyone was at the house, and so I remember there's this slush coming down, and so that was in the days of mobile operators in the car phone. I mean, you know, you were something if you had a car mm. phone back then. So <clears throat> I, I remember my, you know, I remember, I know it was like back, yeah. I remember my uncle and, and uh, my grand, they were, I remember them being out there talking on the, on their car phones uh, about groves and stuff like that and cattle, but <clears throat> just interesting the, um, the dynamic, I mean, but no, I mean, 
typically if if you aren't wearing a t-shirt and shorts on Christmas Day and you're not taking your toys outside and playing with them, it ain't Christmas, yeah. you know. So, so, so what is it? So what is it like? I mean, for of course, Brian, more you in in Illinois and me in Virginia. I mean, you know, Virginia weather. But for us, it's like we're looking at winter clothing stores and we want the the heavy jacket or the sweater, or the sweatshirt. Yeah. What are you guys that. doing during those commercials down there? We laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're we're we're, uh, we're fixing our surfboard. No, I'm just kidding. You know, yeah, it's like you know, we're yeah. getting ready to go out. But <clears throat> but yeah, it was it's funny because you look at that and you and that's so foreign to you, especially if you know you're born and raised in that in the South and that kind of stuff like Florida. You just don't. That's just another world until you experience it. And then mm. when you experience it for the first time, it's like you're not sure what to do because it's so different from what you're used to. Yeah. Mm. See, that's um. At Christmas and then my birthday's in February, so I can remember getting like big wheels, mm. you know, the mm-hmm. little ride thing with the handbrake. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, you know total, how to do the three sixty total right? plastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for a couple months, I'm driving it in the house. I'm yeah. driving yeah. on the carpet downstairs or in the kitchen, you know, spinning out in the kitchen because I can't take it outside. Right, it's right. Just covered yeah. in snow. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the other thing about snow is snow cream. Oh, yeah, snow yeah. cream? Yeah. Not until we were here and somebody, oh. I'm like, that's just nasty. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> it's like, but you can't eat the first you snow. Hasn't, you got to wait till a second snow. Oh. That's, that's the old. Oh, is that? Saying. Yeah. But some good custard in that. And yeah, I, and, I know people doing that. They like putting it on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So that's nasty. You're out there eating stuff out in the yard. You know, that's. <laughs> <laughs> We'd go get that, that 1976 uh, Tupperware bowl. Yeah. Pack that thing with snow, stick it in the freezer, and just keep making it for days. <laughs> so, what's the eggs? Uh, that's. That's a different. I can't think that's of a different the, level there. Yeah, I'd have to look at the recipe card yeah. from my grandmother that has some of that in there. You, I've not heard of that. Yeah, I have to pull that up. So I don't uh, want to quote it right. Yeah, yet. sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a big thing. Huh? And it was. It seemed to be my grandmother made it, but it seemed to be something that my dad took on, and then uh, I took on. My brother took on, and I taught my boys to take it on. Like it's. Yeah. It's it's. Let's, yeah. let's get let's get in the kitchen and make our snow cream. You know, it was a whole lot easier just running down Seven Eleven and slurping. Yeah, <laughs> just ride your skateboard down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. don't know what you're missing. <laughs> and we had snow boots. Did you uh, have the snow boots that were the green rubber with the yellow strings, and they were like knee high, and yeah. they they had the gum bottom on them, like the yeah, like the desert, desert boots. boots. Yeah, yeah. No, no. yeah, we lace them up. And the problem is, they were so high. If you got ice on them, because yeah. we had a blizzard in like I think it was '81, and um, it gets so icy. You can't even untie them. You can't get them off. So yeah. they're stuck on your feet. But I remember that blizzard. Look, we built a wall across the street and there's cars trying to come down. Turn around. Gotcha. Roads closed. <laughs> Roads closed. <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe, just maybe we might get a little something on Just it. maybe. 12 to 14% is what I'm hearing now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's almost a sure thing. <laughs> yeah. That it'll be yeah. 80 and sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Or it'll be rainy all day long. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's everybody. right. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Enjoy it, right? Hey, so let's talk about uh, a little bit about learning. Uh, we all learn differently and uh, take information mm-hmm. in differently, yeah. or we research information differently. I think it's one thing that we've learned, um, well, there you go, uh, <laughs> during COVID um, is rethinking how we're doing that. Yeah. Well, you know, part of the part of the conversation, and I guess I number, I don't know, a couple months ago, I was in the doctor's office just for like a routine thing, and and the nurse who walked in kind of doing that kind of the pre-interview for the doctor started asking, yeah, they ask you questions about your medications, all that kind of stuff. 
And she looked at me. She says, "Now I know this sounds kind of funny, but I need to ask you these questions." I'm like, "Okay, oh that's always good." <laughs> what is? What is? You know. And then she started asking me questions about learning. She goes, "Like, um, how would you like to learn about a new medication? How would you learn to learn about a new process? How would you like?" And so it was this series. They were wanting to figure out how best to communicate to me that I would learn and understand what they were trying to get across as a patient of that doctor. And I began to think about just learning and the way we learn. And I think about those things from if you go back prior to March 15th and you start asking Christians, you know, like, well, how do you learn about it? Well, I go to church. I sit in a service and I do this. or I sit in Sunday school class or I sit in a Bible study or small, you know, well, all of a sudden all that's gone. So how are you, how are you learning? And, and the other piece that got me was that, um, you know, are we, do we know how to self-learn? Do we know how to self-feed? Or are we, are we dependent on somebody else to feed us, in a sense? Mm-hmm. And so I think it brings all these conversations to light about how we learn. <clears throat> and, and I recognize, like, there's, there's all these kind of... I remember sitting back in a curriculum design class, like, in seminary, and then I had to do a review thing when I do my doctoral stuff. I know this is like, mm, back that's I'm good. in seminary. Hey, <laughs> curriculum design. Hey, <laughs> dropping big bombs. <laughs> yeah, curriculum <Yeah>. design. <laughs> What what is that? But I, but I think about there there are there are learning domains. In other words, we learn we learn for skill, we learn for attitude, we learn for knowledge. So this understanding piece. So anytime that like anytime that I'm teaching on on a Sunday or any time I'm doing teaching, I'm teaching either for skill development, for attitude change, or for knowledge and learning. So one of those three are always the domain in which I'm trying to teach and get stuff across. But I think in terms of how we learn, you know, and we have to learn all those. <clears throat> we have to learn new skill. We have to learn for knowledge and understanding. We have to learn for attitude change, this cognitive piece. So it, it led me to this, this thought. Are we learning differently than we did prior to individually? Uh, so are, are we learning things differently? Like, like how, do you, how do you learn? I mean, how do you learn stuff? Like, I mean, I know you're in like some networks. I know you are as well, and I know you guys like to read and that kind of stuff. But, but how do you how do you learn about a new thing so, other than Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, I, I, and I don't <laughs> learn that way. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I learn I learn relationally. So networks are big for me, mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoy those. You know, just getting those together and things like that. But I go back to. Um, you know, grow, growing up, my dad would, you know, work on the car or we would mow grass or different things like that. And my dad would say, well, let me show you how to do this. Well, by yeah. the time he finished showing me how to do this, this was done. Now, as a kid, you love that, right? Uh, and I was with my dad. dad. show me how to rake the leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's just One more not time. working. <laughs> yeah, so for me, uh, it has to be demonstrated. Okay. And then I have to put my hand on it. And I really want to practice it for for it to actually function and stick within me. While I like to read, while I like to network, I've got to get into that experiment stage of of, of doing it. Um, so that as I got older, I realized um, I can turn a key, I can put gas in, I can push that pedal. But when things would go bad in the car, and I'd go out, Kelly, I'm going outside and work on the car. You know, even with the YouTube thing in front of me, it just doesn't work. I have to have somebody there teaching, touching, okay, do, doing it is the best way for me. See, I was going to ask yeah. you that if you were like, for instance, <clears throat> so for instance, Santa brought a bicycle for Christmas and the bicycle has to be assembled. Come so on, are Santa. You, 
<laughs> cheap Slacking Santa. This year. Santa went to IKEA. Holy <laughs> cow! <laughs> yeah. but, but I think about you know, do you work from that owner's manual or are you watching it on YouTube? I'm going from the owner's manual. Okay. Okay. Because I, I, um, but they're both visual. I mean, they're, they're both visual, visual, visual learning. It's yes. just a different medium. Yeah. For yeah. that, right? I would go to the YouTube. I, I've, I've done so much uh, slapstick maintenance around our house and car <laughs> using YouTube. It's unbelievable. Our dryer, the only reason our dryer still works is, is because I've fixed it like six or seven times using, using YouTube videos. Ah, okay. And I just pull them up and I just, I watch them and then uh, I can go back and watch again. But I, I'm, I'm very visual. Um, so a learner, a visual you're a visual learner. learner. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, yeah. So there's two visuals here. What's your main I, I'm really the median is I like to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want, like the demonstration that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily need. Um, sometimes it's important, but by and large, it's just I'm I'm good reading the directions and I can make something, yeah, happen, or at least attempt yeah. it. You know, and when I was thinking about this, uh, I was able to do really well in school and not apply myself to too heavily now that I look back on it because now, I, now this isn't is this the advice you're giving to your children uh no yeah, yeah no, no, no. <laughs> one, one of his children no. already takes the advice because he told me the other day I've never read a book in my life yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah his sister reads reads enough for for everybody right. but uh but I was able to do that because growing up that was the style that to, schools used so I was perfectly set up to succeed now I may mm-hmm. not have learned how all of that works or the understanding of what I was trying to learn, or I may not even be able to tell you like a year later what I learned, but I was able to visually read, write, whatever I needed to do, and then repeat that back in a way that um, I was able to succeed because I feel like I came in, it was already set up. Yeah. Um, and and the environments that I were in were based on visual learning. And so children that didn't have that, who were probably smarter than I was, um, struggled um, in order to to succeed. Whereas, you know, I feel like I couldn't easily go through because it was kind of set up. Now, uh, obviously, um, things that wasn't too long ago, but things things are better, and, and people are recognizing the way that children learn and mm-hmm. the way tests are set up and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, there there is a big difference now. But looking back, um, it was it was perfect for me. Um, even though it wasn't perfect for the kid next to me <laughs> who is learning different. And I think we take that into consideration as we're looking at, okay, well, how do we walk with people then? Uh, people mm-hmm. that are going to need to read, people that are going to need to process verbally, people that are going to need to get their hands on something. Um, there's a lot of implications for discipleship. Uh, it can't just be the one size fits all uh, for everybody. That reminds when we lived overseas and doing sports development work and things. Um it was a very, uh, the culture, the Arab, it was an Arab culture. So they learned by storying. Mm-hmm. And so I remember sitting around people all the time and tell a story, tell a story. And that's how they, they learned. Um, and really mentally, they were very, very smart of what they had heard. They re- retained, uh, they taught from that story. And that was a big challenge for me because I just didn't sit around, you know, learning from a story all the time, but that's the main way. And then the other thing was I'm, I'm kind of like an informal learner where Kelly was more of a formal. So in that environment where we had to go to language school, I hired a college kid to walk with me on the streets and just go mm-hmm. shop to shop, coffee place to coffee place. And let's informally, I can say this, I'm coming back tomorrow, say to say, and, and I would do it that way. 
she wanted to go to the school and she wanted to sit in the classroom and she needed to understand how to parse a verb, what it really meant. And my thing was just so they understand me, I, you parse it however you want. Yeah. I don't need to know that. Hmm. But that was our different style of, of, of learning. Uh, now it cost me one or two times <laughs> in my, in my story. Uh, you know, uh, I, I remember I called, I, I called a friend of mine, his kid left the retainer down in a city that we had did this basketball camp in and it was blue. And I called the guy up and I'm like, Hey, you know, uh, there was a blue dead thing I left in there and I just didn't parse it right. And so, you know, maybe I should have gone to the school, but, um, uh, so yeah, so it's, that was culturally going to another culture was a, a awakening yeah. for me of, man, I need to, Try to adjust them, adjust how I do learning. Yeah. So have your have your mediums, uh, mediums, medium, I guess that's what I'm to say of of learning shifted or changed. Are you depending on more or the other? Has that shifted at all in the last twelve months? Or are you just doing the same thing that you've always done? I, I think for me, I'm I'm doing a lot of what I've always done, but I'm. I think I've recognized the value of some other, especially in the collaboration part. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a lot more, just generally, um, uh, there's a lot more collaborating. There's a lot more, hey, what what are you doing? What's going on? Uh, why? You know, let's let's kind of work this out together. I feel like there's a lot more of that in this past year. Um, so for me, uh, that has really increased. Uh, I'm still re I'm still reading and in, in you know a lot of visual audio stuff, but um, right. But I think that that part of learning um, has increased and improved um, on my end. What about you? Uh, I would say what's increased for me is, um, yeah, reading's still a big thing, and I'm trying to increase in that. But the the collaborative webinar experience, right? <clears throat> so learning in this virtual classroom is something that uh, I've had to grow in. I was one that I like going to the to a conference because I like sitting there talking to people face to face, meeting with them afterwards and things like that. So while I do webinar learnings now and in network groups or whatever, it, it's a different kind of classroom for me. Uh, and it's helping me understand where some other people are in classroom environments too, because uh, I'm having to just take more notes and write more things. And you don't have that, you don't have that, um, the learning experience of batting back and forth ideas in this informal environment it's very we got 40 minutes we're talking yes it's collaborative there's a chat box but it's a different format yeah <clears throat> and i've heard my, my my son who's who's still in college you know one statement he he made to me is you know i just i'm getting information and i'm giving the information back they said i'm just not learning because i'm not having the conversations mm, okay yeah so for that's Probably the learning growth. How do you learn in this without the conversation? So he needs the collaborative, like you're talking yeah, about, yeah. <clears throat> in a sense, would be beneficial. Yeah. For about, yeah. You? I think for me, uh, I'm still reading a lot. So I do two books a week on average. Um, and and But I'm finding myself journaling more. And part of that is because, as you know, I bought those, like the New Testament, Old Testament, and, and Crossway with the ES, uh ESV version that you can journal through. So I'm journaling more on those and so more intentional about that. So I'm probably writing more by hand than I am typing now. So it's kind of, that's a little different for me. But um, the other, which I think is interesting, is I'm listening to more audio than video. Mm. Before I was watching more video stuff, like I was watching kind of style and way people do things and that kind of stuff. 
But now it's like I'm not because I I see so much video already now with Zoom and everything else. I'm like, if I can minimize that, <clears throat> but I want to listen. So I'm listening to more podcasts and I'm listening to more people that are speaking rather than seeing them visually. But I don't know if this, I'm less of a visual learner. I don't know, but it's like yeah. <clears throat> I'm listening more than I'm watching. Uh, in a sense, I so. have tried. Um, it, that this is interesting because I can I love listening to sports on radio because it it it's the the imagination of what's taking yeah. place. It's the inflection of the voice, and I'm picturing that in my mind, and I'm I'm, I'm learning about the game, and and I can do that. I, I struggle with the audio book. I've tried two this year. Now, mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm hanging in there. But I'm finding myself kind of like the YouTube videos. Yeah. I've got to go back and rehear the chapter again. Yeah, like, and it, it's it's becoming true. a real discipline for me to learn how to do this. Uh, listen, retain it in one ride. I mean, I know a lot of people, they, they would listen to audiobooks driving to, to work or listen, whatever, right? Whatever, right? I, I could never do that. Um, I can do a podcast, which is weird. But the, maybe it's maybe it's the melody of the book reading mm. Could that, be. that that throws me off, and I, it's like I have to squint my eyes, and I can't have anything else going around me. I'm like I got to be listening intently to this. I get off the audio book, I'm stressed out. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm taking notes. Like oh, zip back, you know, three minutes and twenty eight seconds. He made this great uh, statement, so I'm really having to learn this audio process. But it's good to grow and change that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think part of it is recognizing that we. <clears throat> I, and I think in the church world, we have this idea that I go to church to learn and be taught. Somebody teaches me. And so when that when that dries a little bit or changes or shifts, it's like, but you have a responsibility to learn on your own. Um, you have a responsibility, <clears throat> I mean, all those areas for knowledge, for skill development, attitude change, that kind of stuff. So it's it's being cognizant that we always need to be learning. If we ever stop learning, you know, we start we stop living. So we've always got to be learning. But it's noticing how we learn best, how we retain best and practice best out of what we learn, recognizing that those will change over time. Context will influence that, I think, but also because the medians change in a sense. When you talk about audiobooks that didn't exist, then they existed. Podcasts, which is a relatively, you know, in my lifetime kind of of thing, but didn't exist for a number of years. Um, But the collaborative opportunities that are unique now today, um, I was on like a three-hour call yesterday on Zoom, which um, was listening and gaining information from, but it was... um, you know, we have those opportunities to collaborate now, which are which are which are different as well. Um, but I think that's just just being cognizant of that. I think it's freeing too to be able to recognize how you learn, how you process, uh, and use that. I know when we were doing a, a rule of life thing with a group of people to be able to talk through, listen, when we talk about, um, that was a good study by the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do yeah. it with you, but it's a good yeah, study. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but when we talk about that, we, we talk about the fact that, you know, people say, well, you need to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> what and, is that? Yeah. What does that look what like? What does that look like? <laughs> and, and somehow we've developed in our minds, it looks, it looks a particular way. This is the way that you do it. Mm-hmm. And part of that, because it's helpful to have a little guide there, but we've then internalized that and said, well, if I'm not, uh, if I don't shut the door in my, in my war room there and uh, <laughs> kneel next to my bed with my Bible yeah. open, then yeah. I'm not doing this right. Yeah. So for some, it's recognizing, but if, you're, if you are an outdoor person 
and you you uh, learn um, by what you hear, what you're listening to, then, uh, man, you grab that book of the Bible, and you put some headphones on, and you go outside, and you are spending, you know what I mean? Like, we're, it's, it's recognizing that you're not all going to learn and grow and walk in the same exact way, right. um, but the invitation is still there uh, for loving attention toward God. And, um, and so that's going to look different based on the person. Uh, but I grew up knowing that, oh, your quiet time, uh, air <laughs> yeah, quotes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, looks like yeah. this. Yeah. And that is helpful to give you a little structure, um, but I didn't realize it could look like all kinds of different things. Ways and yeah. things. It's like a coloring book that you have this picture, but you can color it the way you want. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that's kind of helping people understand that when they learn, there's not just one way to do that. <clears throat> there are multiple ways, but you need to learn, you need to understand uh, how how you best learn in a sense and be able to practice that. The other piece that's interesting is what's your motivation to learn? Do you have a motivation to learn? Do you want to learn? Do you have a, what, what drives you? What drives that in a sense to learn? This is air quotes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut out the silence there in uh, no. post edit. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But I, yeah, but, no, I mean, do, yeah. do you have a, is there a driving force within you to want to learn? There is a driving force. I can't, I'm, I'm trying to think right now, how would I define that? Driving. If you're in fourth grade Sunday school, it's God or Jesus. But, no, uh, no, but, no. But, yeah. It's now groups. <laughs> it's groups. Excuse me, groups. Groups yes. now. Uh, but but, but, yes. but yeah. it's on certain. It's in certain areas. I, I really, you know, I don't have the drive to learn in certain areas, but I have a yeah. drive to learn in, in other areas. So some of that is passion, right, or right. interest, right, right. Uh, some of that is I have a drive to. I want to help people become better. So I have to learn in a in a realm of coaching to. How do I how do I do that to help other people become so some of it's work related, some of it's passionate, some of it's just interest. I just want to know this. Right. I wonder why this happened. So I don't know. There, but there is a that's happened. The older I the older I become, the more that intrigues me. Mm-hmm. I was not a reader growing up. I mean, I would have yeah. to sit in front of my grandmother and have to read this book. And two pages in, I'm yawning, I'm crying, my te- I mean tears are coming out of my eyes. I'm yeah. just exhausted. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. really, I mean, it probably wasn't until grad school that I was no college because I really enjoyed, you know, studying the history and things. So um, probably not until college that I really did yeah. that happen. But now I'm intrigued more about things, and yeah. So I don't I don't know if that's a good answer. No, I think that I mean it, there there obviously are internal motivators about. I mean, they're spiritual motivators in a sense. Yeah, I think that are there, but I think they're interest motivators. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Now that you've had thirty seconds to I think know. about. It. <laughs> I'm glad you said that about reading because I didn't. I didn't read uh, hardly at all until really? college. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would never tell my children that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. did. Well, they yeah. don't listen. They right? don't listen. That's, no. that's okay. None of my family listens. <laughs> Love you guys. Uh, so. I'm dreaming of a white yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I never did until until college. And, and um, some of that, you know, was I mean, one day, Brad, you and I had a conversation. I was expressing, I was teaching at at a, at a collegiate level, and I wanted to pursue something a little further. And you asked me, well, "Why do you want to do that?" Yeah. And my thought was, "Well, I'm already researching, digging into it so much. Why not do it?" Yeah. Like there wasn't like this self. I want to become this known as this kind of thinker or reader or learner or whatever kind of thing. But it's just an innate thing, maybe. No, I think there, and I think it gets developed over time because it's like, and then having tools once you've done it. Because I think that comes even back to like doing my doctoral work. 
and understanding. I mean, I've done plenty of research papers through college and <clears throat> through master's level stuff, graduate stuff, but getting to the doctoral uh, aspect of it, um, there was a whole process by which you had to research. And so there's the art of research and all that kind of stuff. That was fascinating to me. That's like, you know, the 101 workshop, you know, and it's supposed to be like the most boring thing, but I was fascinated with that. And uh, Reggio James, some others that, that let out in that that class, that workshop. <clears throat> um, and, and, and I love the research aspect. It's kind of like I, I get accused for like, I like to shop to buy a car. I don't like to buy the car. I like to drive yeah. everything out there and do everything, and but it's hard for me to pull the trigger to buy it. You know, I love so it's like I like the research piece in that of finding all those pieces. Sometimes it's hard for me to pull the trigger on it, but I enjoy. Part of me is there's just this innate thing that I like to learn and like to know, and and of course I have certain interest areas like everybody else. Um, but yeah, so, so, kind so of as a, a communicator, yeah. I'm going to ask you this: as a, <laughs> as a communicator going forward based on some of the things that have changed and based on as a communicator, you have to know all three of those are in, in, in the audience at all time. Absolutely. Like we, I mean, you, we have to be aware of people do learn differently. So every time you speak, talk, communicate, you have to run that thread th- through there. Will, uh, will the way you speak and communicate to whatever sides gatherings, will that change? The one thing that has intrigued me here lately is a conversation. Kelly had it within a Bible study she's with is just a reminder of, of we live off this master teacher model. Right. Is that going to change and go away? And if you look at it from a biblical perspective, uh, you could see that people gathered and the teacher sat down and taught with stories, taught mm-hmm. with parables, taught with exactness or you know different things. So is that model with that? Is that intriguing you as I all? think it intrigues me from the standpoint that presentation and content matter. And so how those two are married and and how they're shared or communicated, um, I think for us going forward and for myself going forward, I had to be more cognizant of the the learning domains as you speak, but also the different mediums that speak to people and how they learn. Um, for example, I'm not the, <clears throat> the biggest on the video piece, but I recognize that we do need the video. And so it's how do you intermix that? You know, yet we're such a visual age right now with Zoom and all those kind of things. So how do you marry those components in there? But I also realize the power of story and the power of collaboration. And I know like coming up with Jesus Follower and stuff, we're going to do some couple different things different um, during the presentations on Sunday morning um, for those nine weeks. Um, <clears throat> and so... I think it's being aware of that, but being willing to experiment and practice with some different ways that hopefully will communicate. I mean, the story, that one thing, I mean, there's all kinds of big pieces that speak as you go out, but um, I mean, presentation matters. And it's not about oratory presentation. It's not about being perfect in the, 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 the verbiage that's used, but it is what is it people remember when they walk out and how is it they're able to take that and apply that into their life. And so giving them those application tools, but also giving them a reason to remember. Um, it's going to be real interesting. Just the the method of how we communicate yeah. the time, yeah. the lapse of time that we communicate in, is that going to change in 
Well, we, I mean, think about what we've done. I mean, we've changed from, yeah. and, and it's so funny because I was having this conversation uh, several times with several people recently. And it's like, um, I was talking about, well, you know, we've, we've made the talks shorter, like 20, 22 minutes versus being the 30, 35 minute talks. And like everybody's noticed, just nobody's really saying anything about it. <laughs> you know, they all notice it's, it's shorter. It's like, but, but you know what it is. And, and if, and you all recognize this too, that, you have to present a certain way to speak 35 minutes. You have to present a certain certain way to speak 20 minutes. The content becomes very important, but also you you are focusing on one or two small things in yeah. that presentation. Um, so it's uh, how and then how you yeah it's just a lot to it now. But you are right, just the, just the length of time, and then it comes back to what's really important. You know what's really important is you walk out today. So and then but isn't that the model though? I just. I've been reading the book of Matthew and I just, I see the teaching moments. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I learned living overseas is uh, my nationality loves to tell it all, throw it up all at one time. But if you look at the way Christ had conversations or teaching moments, it was in a window that was pretty, it was pretty direct. It was storylined and it wasn't a lot on either side. It was like, then I think about growing up, like, you know, my dad could sit me down for 45 minutes, but if he told me something within a minute on a car ride, I, that's where I learned. Well, I think yeah, you think you look at Jesus. I mean, that whole thing of he, when was he most effective in his teaching? It wasn't teaching in front of the crowds. Mm-hmm. Some of the miracles in the crowd were pretty cool, yes. but but his his one on one, his small group involvement, and those that small sphere of influence. So yeah, so yeah. we may we may see that more, and we may have to shift more. You change the way you our groups are smaller, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're following the mandates by our governor, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, Air quotes. Yes, <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, yeah. we are for so sure. Man. Learning in twenty twenty one. I mean, do you have have you thought about a goal, Brian? Like you want to do something different twenty twenty one? You're just going to keep practicing the the new, yeah, the new method. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think I'm including these other uh, these other aspects and ways um, uh, along with what what I'm currently doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you think about it, the the Old Testament. Um, you see God engaging people in all of these different ways, uh, in very tactile ways. I mean, there's there's things to there's things to listen to. There's things to uh, to places to go. There's uh, you know huts to make and you live in for a week. You know, like, yeah. like you're, it engaged. No. Yeah, like it engaged everything. Imagine being a child growing up, and not only are you hearing, but you're doing and you're helping to build or you're helping. You know, um, and then you see it all the way through. I mean, even the Lord's Supper that we talk about. Um, there is the hearing, and then there's the taking, and there's the eating. Like it engages people in all of these all of these uh, creative ways that reinforce. Um, a truth. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So just a couple of takeaways to think about though, just kind of evaluate how, do, how have you learned? Yeah. And then I, I think it is good to choose a discipline on how can I stretch myself to keep, learn in a keep different learning, keep yeah, learning, to keep learning. Cause what, what, I mean, you will agree with this as, as many other people will, you know, the older I get, the, the less I know. <laughs> yeah, really. And it's not because I'm, um, we're getting more. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's reality. <laughs> it's reality. Yeah. Can't remember what you learned. <laughs> you yeah. Now thing. I have done that. I yeah. read through some of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, so that's why I have to go back and read again. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's again. right. Yeah, I got to rewind <laughs> yeah. that audio. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today on the Reimagine Podcast. As you consider what learning looks like for you going forward in 2021, as always, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify 
Overcast and download any of the any of the episodes and rate them. So for Brad, Brian, I'm Greg. Thanks for listening to the Reimagine Podcast.